Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Murder, Mayhem, and More. I'm your host, Shauna, and thank you for joining me again. Today's episode is episode number three, The Sylvia Likens Murder. I do have to say this episode is horrific and deals with torture and murder of a young woman under the age of 18. So huge trigger warning that I'm just going to throw out there right away. All right, so let's get into today's episode. It was sent to me by a listener, so I just want to say thank you, Monet, for the case suggestion. And remember, if you have any type of crime-related or missing person case that you would like me to air, please email me at murdermayhemandmore at gmail.com. All right, so today we will be talking about Sylvia Likens. Sylvia Likens was born January 3rd, 1949 to Lester and Elizabeth Likens. Sylvia was the third of five children and Lester and Elizabeth were carnival workers and led a very unstable life going from job to job, but eventually settling down with the traveling carnival. They did have some theft charges early on. They would move around a lot. There was a lot of overall financial stress and Sylvia and Jenny were discouraged to travel with the carnival due to their safety and also their schooling. Jenny Likens also had a noticeable limp in her leg and wore a brace due to having childhood polio. Sylvia was described as friendly and very protective over her little sister Jenny, who was more shy and timid. Sylvia loved music, especially the Beatles, who at that time, every teenage girl all over the world was heart throbbing over. I mean, I still do to this day. In the summer of 1965, uh, July to be exact, Lester and Elizabeth were set to leave for a short time and travel with the carnival. They had a mutual friend suggest a woman named Gertrude Benazuski, who was going to board the girls for $20 a week. So let's get into who Gertrude is. Gertrude was born Gertrude Nadine Van Fossen, September 22nd, 1928. She was the third of six children, and in 1939, she witnessed her father, who was 50 at the time, have a massive heart attack and die in front of her. This was something that would haunt Gertrude for a while. Gertrude ended up dropping out of high school shortly after that when she was 16 and marrying an 18-year-old by the name of John Stefan Banaszewski. Gertrude and John had six children together, Paula, Stephanie, John Jr., Marie, Shirley, and James. John was very abusive to her but she ended up staying with him for 10 years before divorcing him. She then married a man by the name of Edward Guthrie, whom she was only married to for three months and divorced. He had issues and was tired of having all the children around. Gertrude then, and get this, ended up reconciling with John Banaszewski after all the violence and abuse and his bad temper, 
and they would have two more children together and stay together for another seven years before divorcing him for good in 1963. Now, shortly after the divorce, Gertrude, who is now 37, would meet 23-year-old Dennis Lee Wright, who would also beat her and was just a horrible person. She became pregnant twice, suffering a miscarriage, which was possibly from the abuse, and then becoming pregnant again and having Dennis Lee Wright Jr. All in all, she has seven children and suffered a total of six miscarriages. Shortly after she gave birth to little Dennis Jr., Dennis Sr. would end up getting up and leaving and abandoning her and the family. All right, so let's get back to Sylvia and Jenny. Sylvia and Jenny would stay with the Banaszewskis, and it all starts going horribly wrong for these two girls when Lester and Elizabeth were paying Gertrude the $20 room and board a week. After a couple weeks, the payments did not arrive on the agreed date, and y'all, we are talking about a total of maybe a day or two delay. And so... Gertrude would take out her anger on the girls by beating them on their bare butts with a paddle. Gertrude would say, well, I took care of you two little bitches for a week of nothing. Yes, pure psychopath right there. There was one day in August, both the girls were beaten approximately 15 times on the back with a paddle after Paula, the oldest, she was 17, and just as sadistic as Gertrude, accused the girls of eating too much food at a church function. Now, Lester and Elizabeth would come into town twice on separate occasions, and Sylvia nor Jenny ever said anything about the beatings or the fact that one day Gertrude made Sylvia eat a hot dog piled with condiments on it, and she ended up throwing it up, and Gertrude made her scoop it up off the floor and eat it. The fact that they never told their parents is presumed to be because they were threatened by Gertrude not to. As if beating with a paddle and being made to eat your own throw up wasn't enough, we unfortunately now move on to where the torture begins. Sylvia would be burned on several occasions with lit matches and cigarettes. Gertrude allowed her children to beat her and throw her down the stairs into the basement. Gertrude accused Sylvia of being a prostitute after Sylvia and Jenny were accused of spreading rumors that Gertrude's daughters, Stephanie and Paula, were prostitutes at the high school. Stephanie's boyfriend, Coy Hubbard, and the other neighborhood kids would come over and beat Sylvia up. Gertrude even had Sylvia's little sister, Jenny, hit her. Sylvia would end up becoming incontinent because of this, and Gertrude would lock her in the basement and douse her with scalding hot water. The neighborhood kids began coming over and paying a nickel to see her badly bruised and naked body and inflict their own wounds on her. One boy, Richard Hobbs, etched on her stomach I'm a prostitute and proud of it with a needle. And there were times she was made to eat her own feces. It was right around this time that Jenny was able to 
write her oldest sister, Diana, who was an adult and had her own family, and asked Diana to please call the police after she told her what was happening. Diana basically ignored the letter, thinking Jenny was making it up in an attempt to just come live with her. Not long after, Diana decided to pay them a visit, which when she arrived, she was told by Gertrude she was not allowed in. Diana, who is now concerned, contacted social services. Now, social services did come out. However, Gertrude said Sylvia had become unruly and didn't like the rules, so she ran away. And Ginny was instructed to say the same thing. So the social worker left and made a report that no follow-up would be needed. On October 21st, Gertrude instructed John Jr., Coy, and Stephanie to bring Sylvia up from the basement and tie her to the bed. The next morning, Sylvia had wet herself and Gertrude forced her, I can't with this, this is where it's hard, to shove a Coke bottle into her vagina, which was one of many times that this happened. She had to do this over and over again, and the neighborhood kids were also doing it and interacting with this whole process. Now, on the next day, Gertrude woke up and had this idea that she was going to have Sylvia write a letter to her parents that she ran away. When Sylvia finished writing it, Gertrude told John Jr., and Coy to take Sylvia to a nearby garbage dump and leave her there to die. I'm assuming Gertrude thought that if she was found, it would look like this all happened after she ran away. Sylvia overheard this conversation and runs out the front door to escape, but is met on the porch by Gertrude, who then throws her back down into the basement and keeps her there. On October 24th, there was an incident that happened, and I'm not exactly sure what it was that happened, but Gertrude ended up hitting her, ended up hitting her, trying to hit her with the paddle, and Sylvia dodged it, and Gertrude ended up hitting herself, which is fantastic. However, Coy Hubbard ended up striking her over the head with a broomstick repeatedly, and Sylvia fell unconscious. It would be two days later on October 26th that Stephanie and Richard realized Sylvia wasn't breathing and they tried mouth to mouth, but it was too late. Gertrude called the police and claimed she had ran away and come home already beaten. However, Ginny was able to approach one of the officers when they arrived and whispered, get me out of here and I'll tell you everything. Sylvia's death was due to head trauma internal hemorrhaging, excuse me, malnourishment, and she had over 150 wounds on her. Gertrude, Paula, Stephanie, and John Jr. were arrested within hours, as were Coy Hubbard and Richard Hobbs. Gertrude denied any wrongdoing and ultimately blamed it on her kids and the neighborhood kids. The trial began in April 1966, and Gertrude was found guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced to life. However, was granted a retrial and was found guilty again. So in prison, it's said that she became a model prisoner 
And when she came up for parole in 1985, she was able to walk right out of the prison, which is sickening itself. And she moved to Iowa, changed her name to Nadine Van Fossen, and ended up dying of lung cancer on June 16th, 1990. I'm sorry, but good. Karma came full circle on that one. Gertrude never took responsibility for her crimes, and the fact that she only served 19 years infuriates me. Paula was convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to seven years, however, was paroled in 1972 and released completely in 1974. She ended up marrying, and her name became Paula Pace. In 2012, she was working for the school system in Conrad, Iowa. However, someone found out who she was and alerted everyone at the school, and she was fired for providing false information on her employee application and has never been heard from after that. She's kind of fallen off the face of the earth. Stephanie, who was 15 at the time, received no time and all charges were dropped, likely because she turned evidence to the state on her family, and she now has a family of her own and lives in Florida. John Jr., who was 12, received two years and was convicted on manslaughter and became Indiana's first reformatory youngest inmate. After serving the two years, he was released and changed his name to John Blake, and he ended up dying of cancer in 2005. It's said that he was the only one to have any remorse and an epiphany over what he did to Sylvia. Marie, Shirley, and James, who were the youngest besides the baby, Dennis, were never charged. Shirley's whereabouts is unknown. Marie still lives in Indiana. James, who was eight, whereabouts is unknown, and the baby, Dennis Lee Wright Jr., was put in foster care and adopted. His new family renamed him Denny Lee White, and unfortunately, he passed away in 2012 in California. Coy Hubbard served two years and then was tried for another murder in 1982 but was acquitted and it's reported in 2007 when the movie An American Crime came out, he was fired from his job and died in Shelbyville, Indiana the same year. Richard Hobbs was sentenced to two years and died of cancer in 1972 at the age of 21. Lester Likens passed away in 2013 at the age of 86 in Fontana, California. Elizabeth Likens was devastated and divorced Lester in 1967, and she remarried and ended up passing away May 29, 1998 at 71. And poor sweet Jenny, who didn't suffer nearly as much abuse as her sister, passed away in 2004 at the age of 54. I want to thank you again for joining me and hope you join me next Tuesday for another episode. Also, you can join the Facebook group at Murder Mayhem and more. 
Instagram at Murder Mayhem and More, and Twitter at MM underscore M Podcast, where I have today's episodes and all the episodes posted, and you can comment and discuss. Take care and talk to you next Tuesday.